You're listening to Couch Coaches on the home of Fighting Saint Football. WCSF Juliet, 88.7 FM. Intercepted by the Saints in the end zone. Touchback. Oh, that was electric. You can't defend that. There's no way to do it. Lawrence Stefanski with it on the right hand. He's going to pop it himself from distance, and he go. got it. All tied up. There goes Tumble T. 70 yards. Creeps a three-pointer. He That's got big. it. That's big. How about the freshman get yeah. big minutes? Connolly, yes. Oh, baby. Lab Woods. Ball game. That's a Saints winner. That'll do it. And now your hosts, Alex and Ben. Morning, Joliet. It's Thursday, January 27th. This is Couch Coaches. I'm Alex. That is Ben. What's going on? What's up? We're back. We're exhausted, but we're back. It's been a long morning, and we've only been up for like, what, 45 minutes? (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. But it's all good. Uh, We've got a great lineup today, talking sports as always. Got a huge, huge show for today. I mean, like, huge. Like, big time. NFC, AFC Championship previews. We're going to have the overtime rules debate because mm. me and Ben got different feelings on that. And I think it's going to get spirited up in here. Potentially. Potentially. Got the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot just announced. The results. What not a Hall joke. Of Fame what a joke. We got Hall of Fame advice. Uh, Bears got a new GM. Good God. Thank you. Uh, and in the second half of the show, second hour, Robbie Gutierrez, host of NAIA Ball Podcast, will be on the show. He'll be calling in from McAllen, Texas and talking to us. To us? Us. You and me. You and me. And you guys get to listen. Yeah, you do get to listen. we got a great show coming up for you guys today. But first and foremost, Ben, how the heck are you? You got back late last night on the team bus. <laughs> uh, tired. Head hurts. Yeah. But, you know, if there's anything to cure it, it's talking about how bad the Bears are. Wow. That's just rude. That's not that, that, that's not nice. Yeah, play, play nice. Especially because like I'm about to say in five minutes how happy I am that they got this higher. Yeah, because but like, yeah, no, that's 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 cares? unnecessary of you. It's it very is unnecessary. unnecessary. Of you. That's the whole show is unnecessary. <laughs> this whole show is full of great advice. What are you talking about? We couch are, advice. Couch advice. We are the number one sports show for college radio station in the Juliet area. In the Juliet area. Take that, JJC and Lewis. Lewis, yeah. Uh, y'all not doing what we do. Yeah, nah, you guys are not, you know, no offense to anyone out there, but y'all are not the couch coaches. Especially not from 7 to 9 a.m. 7 to 9 We are the we, best sports show. From 7 to 9 a.m. On any station below 90.5 on the dial. Yep. We are the best show on the radio from 7 to 9 a.m. So if you're that low on the dial... Thank you for tuning in. Also, thank all of y'all for just tuning in on Stream On. Yeah. Y'all the real ones out there. Yeah, Worldwide streaming on uh, WCSF.streamon.fm. What a great website. It's a great website. Beautiful website. All right. Are, are, are we about to do this right now? I think we're going to talk about the Bears. Uh, is this week three of Couch Coaches? What? What? <laughs> wow, that's wild to me. I, I can't even fathom. Who let us go on this one? Yeah, whose idea was this? We did it! Oh, thank God. 
The Bears, unless you've been living under a rock, hired former executive director of player personnel in Kansas City, Ryan Poles. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's big time. It, it's Ryan Poles is your new GM. <laughs> Bro, you give Alex a soundboard. <laughs> this is going to be the longest show of my life. We're four minutes in. <laughs> Come on, I didn't even do anything, dude. Wow. Free, what? Free me. I didn't even do nothing. Wow. Uh, Ryan Poles is the higher. Um, Bears fans, look, I, we've been through a lot. And I know the last Ryan P was not the best friend of ours. Ryan Pace, I'll tell you what, when it comes to late rounds in the draft, He's as good as it gets in the NFL. He was as good as it got. But when it came to salary cap and managing all of that, he was, let's just say, not the best candidate out there. Is he not the one that gave Mike Glennon $17 million? Well, let's also talk about that. He wasn't the best at looking at talent either. No, I mean, he this did This guy traded for Mitch Nick Trubisky. Foles. Okay, I am a Mitch Trubisky truther. I like Mitch Trubisky. I love Mitch. He's a career bencher. No. He's going to be a lot hotter of a name in free agency than you think. He probably will be because that's how quarterbacks are. And then someone's going to give him the Mike Glennon. And he's going to start It's not going to be a games. Mike Glennon treatment, though. He's been, he took Matt Nagy's team to the playoffs twice. Isn't that ridiculous? So if you, you can't look at that and say he's a career bencher. I think actually you can. When you looked at how, how when you looked at that team, you were like, that offense is holding them back. Well, yeah. Did you even watch? Okay. Did you read the article in The Athletic about two weeks ago now? About Matt Nagy and yes. Mitch? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mitch literally went against Matt Nagy. What a legend. And still had success. You can't tell me that this guy's a career bencher, especially after a year behind Dabble and Josh Allen. I mean, start him over Josh Allen then. Okay, I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's not what I said. No, Let's no, go back to the no, tape. No. Roll the tape. Maybe not what I said. if Mitch would have started last weekend, they would have won. They would have beat the Chiefs. Okay, Josh Allen was perfect. That's another conversation for later in the show. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. Let's let's reel it back. Reel it back. Getting a little out of myself. Yeah, exactly, dude. You're trying to do the first 50 minutes of the show in the first <laughs> five minutes. In the first five minutes on air. Jeez, man. Speaking of Buffalo, though. Okay. Now. Uh, Ryan has full yes. head coaching candidates. Yes, he, he has everyone Bulls. to look at. And speaking of Buffalo, Brian Dabble, offense coordinator from from Buffalo, has been rumored to be one of the head coaching candidates. He's got to be. He has he to be. He yeah. has a great relationship with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. What scares me though is that Jim Caldwell was in for the interview yesterday, and reports out of Hallis Hall is that it went fantastic. Oh no. Yeah, and that's scary to me. Again, Ryan Poles. New GM, new, you know, in all of this, but I'm going to give him all the credit in the world right here, right now. Ryan Poles told George McCaskey to get out of his office, essentially. Essentially. Now, that's not what he actually said, but he said, look, I'm taking this job only if and only if you give me full control of the coaching search. That is the only way he takes the job. And McCaskey's like, all right, it's your show. I was like, all right. Oh. Yeah. Who would have thought George McCaskey would agree to something like that? Especially the guy who's just a fan, you know, that doesn't know much about football. Do you think they could go for someone like Harbaugh? You know, that was my dream choice at the beginning of all of this. You know what, though? Uh, I think it's very possible he comes to the NFL. If he does, uh, it's between the Bears and the Raiders. 
I do. He, he's going to take one of those two jobs. He's not going to New Orleans. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. As a Michigan fan, I might be slightly biased. Oh, big big UM guy, huh? Yeah, huge. didn't know that. That's brutal. Huge. I think we might have to break up the show now. Okay, <laughs> fine. I walk out. <laughs> nah, like. Why are you bullying me? <laughs> I didn't think you did it on. <laughs> If Harbaugh goes to the NFL, he's not going to a broken situation that has 47 criminals mm-hmm. uh, in Oakland. Like he, he's leaving for <laughs> he's going to a situation that works because he, he has a situation and a contract that's about to work for him at Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Bears are like a legitimate option, especially if like, I don't know there's plans for a good free agency in Chicago and a decent draft for Harbaugh. Like maybe they go get Harbaugh's obviously a quarterback guy. They, they go mm-hmm. get Harbaugh's quarterback. You got to bring back someone home. You know, I, you really want to get the fan base excited again. You did the best. You did one of the best options in the uh, GM candidacy by taking polls. No problems there. Love him. Love that. He's young. He's like what? Three or four years uh, older than our starting left guard right now. Yeah. So it's, it's like, they, they're doing the right thing there. What they're not doing is uh, grabbing, you know, they, they, they don't have a draft pick in the first round. So we don't have a fan. The fan base cannot get excited about that. Right. What the fan base can get excited about is a homecoming. Who do you bring home? Sean Payton is interested in this job. Just stepped away from the Saints. Sean Payton interested in the job. Jim Harbaugh interested in the job. You have to at least make that phone call if you're Ryan Poles. Both of those co- of those coaches that you just mentioned are quarterback guys. That's what I'm saying. One had Drew Brees for mm-hmm. like 47 years. The other one has uh, like uh, out of his span of Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's his specialty. Yep. And he played quarterback for who else? The Chicago Bears. Yeah. Shout out to Jay McCarthy at uh, Michigan, uh, alum of Nazareth Academy. Right yeah, here he just in the Chicago area. Um, IMG, what a jerk. But it's okay. I forgive him. <laughs> I forgive him. Uh, where's he at now? He's at uh, Baltimore? Just accepted that Baltimore job? Who? Jim McCarthy. No, J.J. McCarthy. Quarterback oh. at oh. University of Michigan. Love that guy. Jeez. I love that guy, man. <laughs> He's been committed since he was like a junior in high school. Yeah, he was. Um, I'm talking about Jim McDonald. Just yeah. accepted the defense coordinator job. Yeah. It's, it, it's a great time. In Bears football right now, of course. Give it two weeks. Yes, I am one to overreact to everything. We all know this. We all know this. I will overreact to any bit of good news and any bit of bad news. So the fact that the Bears hired polls gets me excited. I'm trying not to get too excited. The head coach is next, obviously. I'm happy that they went to the GM before the coach, though. Absolutely. Like I, I did not want George McCaskey to pick the coach and then the GM. This would be, um. You know, Ryan Pace, rather, John Fox and Ryan Pace not wanting, John Fox not wanting Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Pace wanting Mitch Trubisky all over again. Yeah. It, it would just be a debacle. It would be chaos. And I'm telling you what, when Sean Payton becomes head coach of your Chicago Bears, when. when Sean Payton becomes your head coach of your Chicago Bears, he will have a quarterback in Justin Fields who is more mobile than Drew Brees ever was. And throws the deep ball a lot better than Drew Brees did in the past four years of his career. Mm-hmm. Yep. How, this is exactly what you want if you're Sean Payton. It has to be, right? This is what you're looking for? Yeah, this, I mean, this fits that the criteria. or uh, a vacation in, like, Calabasas for the next 30 years. Like, it, is he committed to football? I don't know that, you know, but I think Ask he, him. 
He, yeah, I'll get... I'll, Sean Payton on the show next Sean week. Payton. Tune in next Thursday. Not couch advice. Not, not true. Not true at all. <laughs> but that's okay. I honestly think the best football hire is Brian Dabble. I do, too. How do you watch that game last week and not think Brian Dabble? Yeah, and then you look at what Josh Allen has become, someone who had a lot of doubters mm-hmm. when he got drafted. And, I mean, it's just an electric offense. Like, I can't say he didn't have the pieces with, like, Diggs and Allen and a great O-line. That's I mean, part of it, though. You build. If he, Ryan Poles can build that, like, why, why can't? Why, why, why can't the Bears have that? Tell me. Yeah, I mean, you take you take the front office, part of the front office from Kansas City, who built one of the most electric offenses ever, mm-hmm. and then the offensive coordinator from the Bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. No, you're disagreeing with me. I'm not disagreeing with you. When yeah, did I, I disagree with you? Right now. Oh my God! Didn't you just say disagree? I think that's the best football hire is Brian Dabble. I 100% agree, and I think a lot of Chicago agrees with you. So, Ryan Pulse hired, Brian Dabble, Sean Payton, and Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Go get one of them, Poles, and you will be a legend in Chicago forever. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get our NFC Championship predictions and our AFC Championship predictions in, obviously. We've got a couple of surprise games. I have to eat my foot on live radio because I can't predict a game to save my life. No, you cannot. I Hey, 5-1 and one in the first week of the playoffs. Felt good. Last week, pooped the bed. You sure did, buddy. I didn't. Yeah, so. I know. I know you didn't. Why are you bullying me? We'll be right back. We'll, we'll be right back. I can't handle you right now, Ben. I, I just can't do it. Welcome back to Couch Coaches. That is the sound of the Lombardi Trophy, and we are one week closer to the Super Bowl. Isn't that right, Dan? Yeah, something the Bears will never win. We got to go to break. Why are you everybody. bullying me? <laughs> Why? Why are you bullying me? This is it was a softball toss. All right, whatever. This is what I get for talking football with you. It's just a barrage it's of okay. hate. I love talking football with you because it makes me look so much smarter. All right, that's unnecessary. <laughs> this is this is wild. So, how many wins did you get last week? Let's um, talk about it. I think I had only one. Right? And which game was it? Uh, Bengals. Was it not the game yeah. that I convinced you? <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a buck. I was leaning Titans going into the segment. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I totally was leaning Titans when we what entered. What did I miss on, man? I got the Chiefs. 49ers. 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 I, we all miss on the 49ers. It's okay though. My one and three record last week. Yeah. Five. I am now six and four. That sounds a lot better. I'm six and four in the playoffs. So I'm over 500. Take that. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm just better than you. It's that easy. I mean, you've had more attempts. <coughs> Still better than you. <laughs> Let's start in the NFC. No hesitation. Let's start in the NFC. Uh, 49ers at the Rams. It's Rams minus three and a half at home. They are one win away from a home Super Bowl. They will be the second team to ever host a Super Bowl in their own stadium when they, well, if they beat the 49ers this weekend. I think I know you're leaning then just based on that. I misspoke, but I I figured you'd go the same way. Uh, It's kind of tough. So it's like they already have matched up twice this year. And the 49ers in comeback victories both times. Not fully healthy. And, I mean, they're healthier. They're on a roll. It's tough. 
but I don't think you can beat a team three times in a year that is that good. Yeah, that was what I was thinking, is that, look, the Niners have had a couple miracle, let's be honest, miracle wins. Mm-hmm. They've had two miracle wins this year against the Rams. There's no other way to describe it. That second half comeback in week 18, come on. Right. That's the playoffs. I don't think that happens. Especially when it's like... The, 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 the Rams weren't playing for anything. They weren't. Right. And then you, you say, all right, Matthew Stafford, your first Super Bowl is right in front of your face. You got to beat Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you just, yeah. Come on. Look, Jimmy G, we talked about it last week on the show. Pretty boy. He, he gets it done when he has to. Somehow. I don't get it. He threw the game away, what, five times last week and still won a game? How does that happen? Overreaction, not overreaction. Jimmy G, better than Aaron Rodgers. Sign him to a contract, Green Bay. Let Aaron Rodgers walk. Wow. Don't listen to him. Not, not football advice. The only problem is, uh, offensively, Cooper Cup is such a great wideout, but the weapon of Debo Samuel is, like, between the two offenses, the best weapon on the field. Mm Mm-hmm. Debo. They need someone as versatile as Debo. And I actually think that that's going to be a trend that comes in the NFL pretty soon where they have that wide-out halfback that can do everything. And he lines up in the backfield. So you mean Tariq Cohen? Yeah, Tariq (laughs) Cohen, just like better. (laughs) Just like good at football. Why are you bullying me? Like Tom Montgomery did it with the Packers. He just sucks. He just just wasn't good. (laughs) Oh, poor Packers. Poor Packers. <laughs> I've never heard a Bears fan say poor Packers. Yeah, I take that back. Shout out all my guys <laughs> in uh, Green Bay, but I'm taking that back. I don't. I can't let you guys get away with that. I can't let it happen. So let, 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 let's get to the picks. Who do you have? Rams, uh, they're not losing three times in a row to all the right. 49ers. All right. I like where your mind is because I also have the Rams. Okay. I like L.A. here. Minus three and a, three and a half is the spread. Uh, not gambling advice, not couch advice, not sports advice, not... Not sports advice. Not, not advice. No radio advice whatsoever. No radio advice. But I do really like the Rams here. The 49ers, look, they've had their magical run. It's time to come to an end. Mm-hmm. It's time for a real football team to take over. And now that I've said that on the air, the 49ers, 49ers will, win will win by 40. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it goes. So you say. So you say, it's time for the miracle run to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And on I the, said fairy tale. On the flip side, the Bengals are having a miracle run of their own. Oh, and they play the best team to ever play the game of football. Oh, <laughs> the City Chiefs. Hey, I think we're gonna have some fun with this one. I really do think we're going to have some fun with this one. The AFC Championship game. Bengals at the Chiefs. 2 p.m. on CBS. Why is it going to be a 2 p.m. game? Yeah, man. This game's going to be so much better than Niners-Rams. Again, now that I've said that, it'll be, you know. I said last week that Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers had potential. I'm sorry, that Matt uh, Matt Stafford and Tom Brady had potential. Spoiler. Second best game of the week. Yeah. In the best weekend of football ever. It, and it, yeah, it has to be. It's, but like when you say best divisional round of all time, it's it's not even close. close. It's, in terms of weekends of football, it's one of the best weekends ever. I don't yeah. care where they are in the season. Shoot, that was better than the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it probably <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, ridiculous weekend. Bengals at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus seven. It's too many points. At home. Not gambling advice. Over the Bengals. 
2 p.m. CBS Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Tony? What call? Tony! That's going to be a call. I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. This is about as far as Tony Romo has ever made in the playoffs, and he's not even playing. We make this joke every year as a community, and it's time to stop. (laughs) It's time. Respect Tony Romo. I love Tony. Why are you bullying me? Respect Tony Romo. (laughs) Great caller. Great quarterback. Uh, No. Respect Tony Romo. It's time. It's time that people like you respect my goat, Tony Romo. Alex, it's time. It's time for you to jinx one of the teams. Who do you got? It is time. Bengals at Chiefs. Joe Burr versus Patrick Mahomes. We've got Patty Mahomes and his family spraying champagne on people underneath him in the normal section in negative weather. It's a good family. His brothers the curse the bulls. It's terrible. His brother cursed the bulls. Yeah, he wore a '96 championship T-shirt on the field. Did a TikTok, and the bulls went like two and twelve. So, yeah, I hate Jackson Mahomes. But regardless, <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, Jackson Mahomes cursed the Bulls. Nothing has been right since that photo. You know how many injuries we've had since that photo? An unreal amount. But that's that's besides the point. Joe Burt and the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew. Mm. I've got to take the best football team here. I'm taking the bagels, baby. No. Let's ride. Let's ride you with just, Joey Burrow, You baby. just ruined all of America's <laughs> dreams. Let's go riding with the bagels. I do, I'm do. i not a jinx. I am not Trent. I am not a jinx. Dude, Trent, he's been he's helping hot. out the pockets. He's been hot. Yeah. Been I'm hot. about to get hot. This bangles. Bangles. What do you got, Ben? I think that it is, you know, it was a great miracle run. It's time for a real football team to take over in the worlds of Alex Melkars. Uh, you know, why if, do you bully me? This is like the perfect situation to have all of America rally behind a, a team in the Bengals. And, you know, they go on this crazy run and then it's just going to get like it happens. I feel like every other year where there's a team like this and then they get their soul ripped out by a team like the chiefs. That is just mm-hmm. literally better. Yeah. And we're all tired of the chiefs. Yeah, we but are. They're just better. They're just, they're just that good. And, and Joe Burr, I love him, and I do trust him, but you go to an AFC championship game. Who do I trust more? I'm going to give it to one of top two and he's not number two quarterbacks in the NFL and it's Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I hate it. I'm a Chargers fan. I hate the Chiefs with my whole heart but but they're just better. Yeah. Okay. So the Chiefs defense is scary in terms, not scary like oh no, they're going to stop us. Like scary to watch if you're a Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. They they did not stop the Bills. Like, they didn't stop them. Not one time did they stop yeah. them. Yeah. And it's tough to stop them regardless but like as a fan that I like literally. I don't like them more. Than, like I like the Raiders more than the Chiefs. And I, dude, I thought the Raiders were America's team this year. <laughs> I think we all did. They were the government's team for sure. Oh boy. Uh, you know how frustrating it is to be a fan of whatever team is playing the Chiefs, and like how frustrating it is to watch the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill like catch a ball while Patrick Mahomes getting hit, and then run for sixty-five yards around the guy, and then sprint. <laughs> Or, like, have Clyde Ursulaire do, like, hurdle three people. Right when you think it's fourth and 28 and yeah. nothing bad can happen. Something bad happens. Patrick Mahomes will sidearm it without I looking. Hate, yeah. 
and it'll go 45 yards and touchdown. I missed the Patrick Mahomes that was buns at the beginning of the year. I missed that Patrick Mahomes. Where's the one that was on the bench for Alex Smith? <laughs> Can we find him? Sitting on the bench for Alex Smith, that's where he was. Yeah. But what a good guy. I'm going to go back to the defense because if the same defense that showed up last week to play the Bills shows up again this week, Jamar Chase is going for 200 yards. I love me some Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase will run circles around that secondary. Mm-hmm. There is no way around it. That is the most explosive, over-the-top offense. I explained this to you last week mm-hmm. when we were talking ex- about the Titans. Explain it to me again. Explain it and to me again. And I was like, the Titans don't have the secondary for this. They they have a great run-stopping secondary. I love me some Kevin Byard. Mm-hmm. And it's the same he's a run-stopper. I love me some Tyron Matthew, but he's good over the middle. He He's not good with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. It, it's it's not going to happen. Like, this will be a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, the better quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. But I think the team with the better defense and the defense that shows up, assuming mm-hmm. this game doesn't go to overtime, the team with the better defense, I think, has a better chance to win this game. It's just about getting stops. You just have to stop Kansas City twice. You just have to stop Cincinnati twice, and you win this football game. That's a good point. Like, each team's putting up 35-plus. This is the playoffs yeah. at Arrowhead. It's happening. We're going to have Kansas City's putting up 35-plus. Easy. If Cincinnati's able to keep up with them, it just comes down to one or two stops. That's it. I see where you're going, where you're saying, like, the offenses will take care of themselves. It's just up to the deep, whoever's defense is better. I could definitely see that. Like, that's that's the only stipulation I have in this game, is that the defense for one of these teams has to show up and show out to make a difference. I think if the Chiefs' defense doesn't show up, I don't care how many points the Chiefs put up on the board, the Bengals will be able to keep pace. Mm-hmm. They are that good of an offense. Yeah. Joey Burrow, he is no Patrick Mahomes. But God, is he a top five you young quarterback? Those, you give him those weapons, like and and even if for whatever reason the the passing game isn't working for whatever reason, yeah, you have a top eight seven running back in Joe Mixon. God, Joe Mixon just beats me over the head in fantasy every year. I pick him, I pick him, and he just just nothing, nothing. I know, but then this I, year I'm so I go, te- I'm so tempted I'm to pick him every year. Mixon, yeah, ever again. And yeah, I made year, that mistake. Top three. Top three. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, this this game, I think I spent more time debating Bengals-Chiefs than I did Rams-Niners. Yeah. Just because of, you know, the Joe Burrow effect. Momentum. Yeah. You know what? He's talking a big game, though. Burrow's talking a big game. And I love that. I he love does it confidence. so humbly. Like, yeah, he does. You know, SEC stadiums are louder, man. You know, I, I, I'm i going to be ready to play the SEC stadiums. They get loud. I'm like, yeah, of course they're loud. They got 100,000 people at LSU. <laughs> he Packed has in. played in the big games. Yes. With the pressure. With the pressure. He's won a national championship he, yeah. against Alabama. He's thrown one of the, the greatest quarterback season in college football. Well, yes, that is a top three college uh, quarterback season mm-hmm. ever. Like, yeah, it just has to be. He he he. If there's a young quarterback that can pull it off, the miracle against Kansas City, mm-hmm. it is Joe Burr. Yeah, he's been there, done that, and Joe Burr, Joe Burr, not gambling guys. Joe Burr is going to carry the Bengals to a championship, not a championship, to a championship game appearance, and then we'll pick that game when we get there. I would also like to put out there on the record, uh, I didn't say this on air because there was no show at the time, but. But, but, but when the playoffs initially started, don't lie. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. I had the Cincinnati Bengals as a dark horse to make the Super Bowl. As soon as they won the AFC, what? East? As soon as they won the AFC East, I was like, all right, 
They got a good shot at winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. At going to the Super Bowl, at least. Not winning it, but getting there. And you know what? They are one game away, baby. I want to see this thing through. You're, you're giving me a bad look. I just don't believe you. You don't believe me? All right, we'll see. We'll, we'll, why? 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 This is because, Alex, I saw your picks last week. There's no way. I said it. I swear I said it. Ask ask anyone. Actually, go back to the first episode that you weren't on. Yeah, my bad. Go back, yeah, go back to the first episode. Yeah, stupid Next COVID. time, I'll just tell COVID. Yeah, tell, yeah. tell hey, COVID bro, to get out of your I got body. A radio show. Yeah, exactly. Tell COVID to get away from you. And go back to that episode, listen to it, and you will hear me say Cincinnati's got a chance to make the Super Bowl. I'm confident I said it now that I think about it. I'm confident. We did a segment with uh, Hollywood Calabrese of the Breeze podcast, which no longer exists. But that's never. That's that's okay. That's okay. He came on the show. He gave his picks. And and he dipped off the face of the planet. Hey, he's still still out there somewhere. Shout out you, Breezy. I know you're listening. I know you're listening. I hope you're listening. Bengals over the Chiefs. Final answer. I hope so, buddy. I Ben just doesn't want to see I me hope win. I'm wrong. He doesn't want to see me win. He just doesn't want to see me win. All right, coming up next. What do we have next? We've got the overtime rules debate. Ben, give him, give him a little preview. What do you think? People are overreacting. Wow. That's what I think. Wow. All right. We'll talk about that more. We'll be right back. You're listening to WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. Welcome back to Couch Coaches. I'm Alex. That's Ben. He's, I don't know what you're doing over there. Having a good time. That's yeah, you're I'm having doing. a great time over there. You're, you're, you're doing great, buddy. You're just, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> he just gave me the most emphatic double thumbs up through the class I've ever seen. People don't use the double thumbs up as much. Bring it back. Bring, yeah, it, bring it back. Bring back the double thumbs up, honestly. All right, this is Couch Coaches, WCSF. Uh, 88.7 FM. I don't even know what station. <laughs> What's the time, Alex? Uh, it is 7.35. Nice. And 31, 32 seconds, 33 seconds on Thursday, January 27th. I'm counting seconds. That's how much I pay attention to the clock. Is there like a special thing for Thursday? Like there's hump day for Wednesday, Friday's Friday. What's Thursday? What? You know, how like Friday is, it's Friday, you know, and then yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday's hump day. Yeah. Monday sucks. Tuesday's... Taco Tuesday. Taco, Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Is there something for Thursday? I don't know. I think Thursday is just like tomorrow's Friday. Literally, yeah. Like tomorrow's just Friday. It probably is. Thursday, Thursday night football. But yeah. It's, it is, uh, it's okay. It'd probably be the Jaguars anyways. Who wants to watch that? <laughs> Why are you bullying me? <laughs> Couch Coaches on WCSF, Juliet 88.7 FM. I'm Alex. That's Ben. Thanks for tuning in. And shout out all you guys on stream on WCSF.streamon.fm. We've got a great, great, um, great lineup for the rest of the show today. We've got to talk, we're about to talk OT rules. Yep. Got Robbie Gutierrez of the NAI Ball Podcast joining What's us. Up, Robbie? We're going <laughs> to... I. I hope he's not listening yet. (laughs) And we've also got to talk some baseball Hall of Fame because, well, we have to. Yeah, we have to. You have to discuss what happened the other night. Anyways, anyways, let's talk over time. So that conclusion of the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes shootout was decided by a coin toss. It was. And again, I'm not complaining about that because that's the rule. Josh Allen said it himself. 
Yeah. Josh Allen said if we had won that coin toss, driven down the field, and scored just like they did, we'd be celebrating. celebrating. They'd be celebrating too. And I completely understand that. I just think as a football fan, for higher quality football, there needs to be some sort of change of the rules. I, I know you feel differently, but there has to be a change in the rules. Here's where I feel differently. It, it's just not fair. It's like, see, that's where I feel differently. It is fair for higher quality entertainment. I'm about to go on my little rant. Go ahead. Go. Everyone just go. listen. Go. Okay? For higher quality entertainment, I agree with you. It should be similar to college rules, maybe not where it's put at the 25, because yeah. then it goes to 19 overtimes and it's boring. I actually have my own little NFL Sp- overtime that spill. we'll get to. We'll okay, get to. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So... I agree that both teams should get the ball for higher quality entertainment purposes. But to say it's not fair is just it's just straight up wrong. To say to say it ended with a coin toss is it did. Is, is not true. Neither defense was gonna stop them. They, no, the defense hadn't gotten a stop in like it is a whole only half of unfair football. because it the other quarterback didn't get a chance, and that's what f- football is built off of is the quarterbacks. But the defense went out there, and to say when everybody's gassed to get one stop, I mean, you, you had the Bills with 16 seconds left, 13 seconds left, whatever it was, and all they had to do was prevent 50 yards. And did they do that? No. And it's not because... It was unfair. It's because the Bills' defense sucked. Yeah, but so did the Chiefs' defense. They weren't very good. Neither defense would have gotten a stop in that first possession. All That's you all had I'm to do is get a stop. It was completely fair. The defense has the same opportunity as the offense. In fact, the conversion rate on the first drive of overtime is 40%. Statistically, the defense had a better chance... To stop now, we we knew whoever got the ball was going to win the game because the offenses were just better than the defenses. But that's based off building a roster. If you get the Rams defense out there in overtime or the Bucks defense out there in overtime, I favor that team. It was totally fair. The defense got a chance to stop, and they couldn't because they suck. So, you want to hear my my revised rules? Yeah, give me. Yeah, give okay. It to me. So. First of all, you you kind of alluded to this, but college style won't work in the NFL. You can't put the ball on the 25-yard line. You can't. So here's what you do. You turn off the clock. There is no time. Only the play clock is on. Okay. All right? You kick off as usual. Okay. All right? The team that, you know, wins the toss or whatever, likes to receive, defend, whatever they want to do. But you kick off as usual. That team now has the opportunity to drive down the field. They either turn it over, punt, score a touchdown, a field goal, you know, whatever. After that, the other team gets to possess the ball as they would in a normal game in, like, the third quarter. The other team then has to kick off after the score, regardless of what it is. Um, if either of these possessions ends in a safety, the game is over. That'd be, the, that'd be the only way. Because if you're on offense, you give up a safety, you don't deserve to touch the ball again. So, yeah. safety is the only way the game ends. Or a turnover touchdown. Like, fumble, other team takes it to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game over. Pick six. Yeah. If still tied after these two possessions, say both teams score a touchdown or both teams score a field goal. Do we do it again? We go to my quote-unquote college style, mm-hmm. which would be this. Each team gets it at the other team's 20. No field goals. Must go for two. two set, you essentially get two sets of downs. Have to go for two. And there you can't kick the field goal, so you have to go for it on fourth down, which you know plays into the defense a little bit. Hmm. That's not bad. 
I think that'd be extremely entertaining. It'd be super entertaining. Exactly. I think it'd be so much fun. The thing is, I don't think it makes enough sense for the NFL to do it. Yeah. But, like, just for me, being someone who's watched football since, you know, I was a youth, a youth, I would, uh, I, I think this would be a lot of fun to watch. I was going to say just, like, put it at the 50. Yeah. Like That's another option, too. Back. College rules, move it back to the 50 yeah. and just go from there. Yeah. That's totally an option. You know, just give both teams the ball at the 50 and say, all right, college style, do whatever you want. And then after the second overtime, you have to go for two. Yeah. I you like know? that. You after know, you the second overtime, no field goals have to go for two. Like I was saying before, like the defense statistically has gotten more stops than the offense has scored on the first possession of overtime. Like going back to when though? Oh, shoot, I don't know, like three years. Uh but like okay, so like if you get the stop, then it's cake. Cause then all you have to do is get to like the thirty eight yard line and you kick your field goal and you win the game. It's literally, to me, the reason everyone's overreacting to me is because, like, why I think is because if the defense gets a stop, they win, essentially, because all you need is a field goal. Mm -hmm. If the offense scores, they win. People just like quarterbacks a lot more. So it's like, why didn't Josh Allen get a chance? Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to piggyback you there for a second. (laughs) It just doesn't help that it happened in the game of the year. Yeah, I know. The fact that, that was it went to overtime and was decided on the first possession in the game of the year, yeah. a game in which defense was irrelevant, mm-hmm. that's why people are overreacting. Yeah. That's why I'm overreacting. But again, I think I've been saying this a lot longer than just this game. I haven't been a very loud advocate for it, but in the back of my head, I've been like, overtime sucks. No, it does. Overtime sucks. I just think people don't... Like, I don't think it's necessarily as bad as people make it out to be. That's, Everyone gets That's a, a fair assessment. Yeah, they're, they're technically, I guess, you could say everyone gets a chance. The quarter, both quarterbacks might not get a chance. Josh Allen didn't get a chance. It's saddy. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> Anyways, it's doo-doo. The uh, o- overtime doo-doo. <laughs> Overtime's doo-doo. You know, I was wondering this whole week how he's going to fit it in. And he fit it in. I have to use the fart sound effect once a week. I think that was the agreement. He's like, you can only put it on the soundboard if you use it once a week. So. I, didn't, I didn't think you'd actually do it. I did. I did do it. Overtime is doo-doo. It's not that bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was it, bad It's been bad. It, it's, it's been bad. <laughs> and if the NFL cares about its product, I think it will make a change. Agreed. Very, like, this is, I think, as big of a deal to NFL fans as the missed pass interference in the Saints-Rams game a few years ago. That allowed mm. the, Saints, the, the Rams to move on and eventually go to the Super That's Bowl. That's a good one. I, I, I think this will have as big of an impact on the game. You know, obviously, the pass interference review rule is no longer a thing because that rule sucked. But we've, we've got to make a change here. You know, like, I, I think even if it is just for one year, we try it out and it's garbage, fine. You, you, we tried, and then we go back to the old ways. The NBA is super good about that, where they're like, we'll try it. Yeah, exactly. The NBA is good about that. And honestly, MLB is too. Yeah. Not, 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 at yeah. the, not, not at the major league level. No, but they throw it in the they, in they, AAA. They, they, got ro- they got robot umpires in AAA this year. They're, they are trying. Yeah. I'm very against robot umpires, but they are trying. So that, that, well, I am an umpire, so it's kind of offensive to me. (laughs) It's not offensive to me. I knew how bad I was. I was (laughs) like, yeah, they should probably get a robot. No, no. 
is offensive. At least for balls and strikes. That's a conversation for a different day. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're trying. And in fact, in the Frontier League this year, they're trying a new extra innings rule format. The 10th inning is normal extra innings with a runner on second. Mm-hmm. Then after that, in the 11th, uh, the home team can decide whether they want to hit or play defense. And they put a runner on first with nobody out, and they have three outs to prevent the other team from scoring. If they score, if the offense scores, they win. If they don't score, the defense wins. Oh, so you get to pick if you trust your offense or mm-hmm. pitching more. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's, that's going on in the frontier. In fact, you can go to the Joliet Slammers this summer and watch it in action. You can go to the Windy City Thunderbolts this summer and see it in action. That actually, that's and I'm crazy so serious, that they're doing that. I'm going to go to a game now. Yeah. I'm so serious. Yeah, and Just you know what? See. It puts butts in purely from entertainment uh, like this whole conversation, I think, has been purely out of like mm-hmm. just love of the game and entertainment. I think that would be extremely entertaining to watch. It would be a great strategic, like it's a, a great addition of strategy into the game. I'd love, love baseball, especially when it comes to the thinking and the strategy of it strategy. all. It's amazing. And so to add that, I think is kind of cool. In the long run, am I going to be against it? Oh, heck yeah. But will I go to a few games this summer in the Frontier League? Does, you know, hopefully see an extra innings game? Oh, you know I will. You know I will. And if the NFL does the same thing, look, try the new overtime. I don't care what your rules are. I don't care if they're mine or whatever the heck you guys come up with in that stupid Roger Goodell's office. It's going to do something stupid. If they got to try something. And if you do... People will come out and watch your product. And honestly, even if they don't, they'll still come out and watch. People aren't going to, you know, people aren't just going to stop coming to NFL football games. But you have to try just out of love for the game. You have to try. Can I bring up another rule change? We got time for another rule change. Yeah, go ahead. You mentioned the Saints, Rams, Mm -hmm. pass interference. People have been saying they want the college pass interference, where if it's pass interference, it's 15 yards. What do you think? That's an interesting one. I I'm actually a, I'm a big fan of the spot foul because like if you get burned, you get the ball where you burned the guy. Yeah, yeah. In college, if you guys run in a go route and you're 35, 40 yards down the field just and he burns him. you, just grab him. It's 15 yards and you're not giving up a touchdown. Yeah. I so that's just I, that that's why I would be against the uh, 15 the addition of the college football pass interference rule into the NFL. I think there should be some compromise where it's like after 40 yards, if it's, I don't know, maybe move it to 30 or something like that. But if it's double the penalty yardage, you take it at the spot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's just, too much math for the team like, to handle. <laughs> it's like, it's just so bad sometimes when it's like a 90-yard pass and it's that cheap uh, pass interference where it was probably actually offense pass interference. Mm-hmm. They call it defense pass interference. Now the ball's on the one. Yeah, just let the guys hand fight. Yeah, it's like let let them let them play. Maybe no pass interference, just a straight dog fight down downfield. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's an interesting one. There's a lot of rule changes. There's we a lot. We have a whole segment. We yeah, we just did a whole segment on rule changes. <laughs> That's uh, interesting. It, what do we got? All right, coming up next. We're going to talk Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. Disgrace. Big, <laughs> the museum about baseball neglects to tell one of the greatest stories in baseball. So I'll go off on them. Ben just went off on the NFL. It's your turn. It's my turn to go off on Cooperstown. The museum about baseball hates baseball, and I hate <laughs> them for it. So there's, there's that. I'm, I'm going to, you know, a new challenger approaches. 
A new challenger approaches, and it's me. It's going to happen. Let's get a check of your USF sports scores from this week. David Ortiz. The world knows his name, and he's just standing in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he shouldn't be. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> oh my God. The Hall of Fame hates baseball, and I hate them. Yeah. This is it's ridiculous. Uh, this is Couch Coaches on WCSF Julia at 88.7 FM. I'm Alex. That's Ben. If you heard the music, you heard me already start to rant. We're going to talk uh, David Ortiz and... I'm going to say the name, Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Roger I said, Clemens? I said the name. We're going to talk Roger Clemens. He also got shut out because the the baseball writers have turned it into a popularity contest, and they don't actually care about the game. They don't care about the game. It's Go ahead. Uh, g- give me whatever it's, you're going to say, and yeah, then I'll, I'll, I'll talk for like five minutes because yeah. I could be here forever. It's like, you know... <laughs> Can you tell the story of baseball, of the MLB? Exactly. This is exactly my point. saying Barry Bonds' name? You no. can't. 762 home runs. Honestly, it's at the point. How can his record stand and you not allow him into your museum that is about the game of baseball? I don't care that he did steroids. Everyone and their mother did steroids Exa- in the 90s. Exactly. If he was an outcast, then maybe we can talk about it. But... But it's not like he was the only one. It's not even close. Everyone, like, pretty soon, in the next 30 years, like, 50% of the Hall of Fame will have juiced. And in the next 100 years, all of the Hall of Fame will have juiced. The game of baseball is a story of cheating and scandal. Mm-hmm. Every 10 years since 1900, there has been something. Mm-hmm. Some sort of scandal, some sort of cheating that that has left Great. its mark on the game. Yep. The Black Sox, Shoeless Joe Jackson, throwing a World Series while hitting 350. Come on. I mean, it was for five thousand dollars before inflation. Ben, he did. <laughs> he hit 350 and did not make an error. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose, Pete Rose, your all-time hits leader, not in the Hall of Fame. You know, I took baseball lessons from one of his teammates. That's wild. I know. I saw his ring. <laughs> he had a lot of hair in his ears. It was weird. Oh, Anyways, yeah. continue. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Bonds, 762 home runs in the steroid era. <laughs> it is called the steroid era. Everyone did them. David Ortiz tested positive in 2003. I was born then. 2003, Big Poppy did the roids. And I'm not judging him for it. It's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. But you cannot let Big Poppy in if you're not going to let in everybody else. If you're not going to let in Shoeless Joe. If you're not going to let in Pete Rose. And most certainly if you're not going to let in Barry Bonds. This is the story of your game. Why not tell it? The Baseball Writers Association of America is a joke. The WBWAA joke how can you stand there and claim to tell the story about baseball and when all you really care about is who was nice to you in press conferences when all you care about is who would give you time 
for a one-on-one interview. There's a reason people like Jeff Passan have given up their vote because it's turned into a ridiculous popularity contest among the media members. Someone turned in a blank ballot. How can you have the honor of voting for the Hall of Fame and then claim nobody on this year's list deserves to get in? Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, are they in? You had... Everyone did roids in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was part of the game. Barry Bonds, pre-roids, like we all have the speculation of when he started, pre-roids. He was already, already the best hitter in baseball. What he did, he did to keep up. Mm-hmm. He did it because everyone else was doing it. It just amplified what was already there. And I don't care how big and strong you are, you still have to hit the baseball. And he did. He did it a lot. 2,935 hits, 762 home runs, career batting average of 298 with a career on base percentage of, hold on, hold on. 760-something? 762? That ain't in the 700s. That's a wildly large. Let's calm down there, big boy. 2,365? <laughs> uh, no. No. 364. Some reason baseball reference does not want to show me normal statistics. It's because it is run by Cooperstown, <laughs> and they don't like you, Alex. They hate me, but that's okay. I forgive. I forgive. I don't think you are. Very okay, on base percentage. 444 on base percentage in 22 years in Major League Baseball. It's decent. 444. It's okay. They walked him multiple times. He was the number one, he number one ranking in intentional walks. All time, it was over 700. It was, it's like a ridiculous number. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. It's not even close. Twitter was on fire. Yeah. More on than Tuesday I've night. ever seen it. Like, baseball out of Twitter this was debate. mad. This has been a debate for, you know, ever since Barry Bonds was eligible. And I've never seen it this heated. It's because the new age of baseball is here. Yeah. We're ready for those guys to be in the Hall of Fame. We are ready we've, to forgive. We've accepted. And we will never forget what Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa did for the game of baseball in that summer, the home run race. Mm-hmm. It, we're still seeing the dividends. This generation of baseball fans that grew up on them, they are watching the game because of those two. They are watching and going to the ballpark because they saw Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire go on the greatest home run chase in the history of the game. And now you're just going to say, oh, well, what they did for our game and growing it is great. And, you know, they did steroids. So we can't let them into our museum. I'm sorry. That's baloney. That's baloney. The Hall of Fame should be ashamed of itself. Cooperstown, and everyone on that board. How? How can you claim to love the game? How can you claim to want to grow the game? How can you claim that this is your you, the museum that tells the story of baseball and then proceed to not tell it? Tell the story. Barry Bonds, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Pete Rose. Mark McGuire. Mark Sammy McGuire. Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Let Sammy Sosa back into Wrigley Field, by the way. I'm not even a, I'm not even a, a Cubs fan. But the fact that Sammy Sosa is banned from the national landmark is kind of a joke. Kind of a joke. That's a that's a full joke. That's a comedy special. It is a comedy special. Not sponsored by Netflix. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's enough out of you. You've been banned. That was a good rant. Hey, you can't talk about 
letting people up like uplift their bands and then you ban me. That's fair. Unbanned. Yeah, unbanned. So. You're unbanned. <laughs> You're unbanned. But Barry Bonds, seven MVPs. Mm-hmm. That's almost a decade worth of MVPs. Up. Man has never heard of voters fatigue. He just he just wins it. He just wins it. Yeah, he don't care. Two thousand five hundred and fifty-eight walks. Steve Guess how many strikeouts? Two. One thousand five hundred and thirty-nine. His whole career. You yes, you cannot tell me that he doesn't belong in he Cooperstown. He doesn't belong in Cooperstown. I just said that because you said I can't tell you. I just want to make it known that. Bruh. I can't. Yeah. Bruh. I very well can tell you. Bruh. Am I lying? Yeah. Put Barry Bonds in. Here's here's a here's an interesting question for you. Okay. Who gets in first in Alex's mind? Okay. Alex Rodriguez or David Ortiz? Both did roids. I'm not a big A-Rod person. He's obviously, he's a great baseball player, and he will be in the Hall of Fame. He Better will. than Jeter. Derek Jeter is a whole other conversation. Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, first ballot. But God, is he overrated. Yes, you're on my way, Blake, pal. Okay. Unanimous? But, no, it's a joke. Come on. The fact that Ken Griffey... Wasn't unanimous as a joke. People didn't vote for him just because they didn't want him to be unanimous. They knew he would get in, so they didn't vote for him. Just another example of why the Baseball Writers Association of America is the worst sports writing association there is. There's a reason Jeff Passan isn't a part of it anymore. Good writer. Great writer. Best insider in the game. It's a joke. We have to take a break. It's 8 o'clock. On Thursday, January 27th, 2022, you're listening to Couch Coaches on 88.7 FM, WCSF. You're listening to Couch Coaches on the home of Fighting Saint Football, WCSF Juliet, 88.7 FM. Electric. You can't defend that. There's no way to do it. Lawrence Stefanski with it on the right hand. He's going to pop it himself from distance and go. he got it. All tied up. There goes Tumble T. 70 yards. Picks it out. Creeps a three pointer. He That's got big. it. That's big. How about the freshman get yeah. big minutes? Connolly. Yes. Oh, baby. Lab Woods. Ball game. That's a Saints winner. That'll do it! And now your hosts, Alex and Ben. Welcome back to the fourth floor of Tower Hall, Joliet, Illinois, WCSF Joliet. 88.7 FM. I'm Alex. That's bad. You're listening to Couch Coaches. Couch Hi. Coaches. Say that again. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hour number two. Hour number two. We've got a great show. Great, great show coming up. Bulls at NBA. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk USF hoops as we always do. It's my specialty. It is your specialty. You are like so knowledgeable, and I wonder why. <laughs> It's almost like you're at every game or something. Wow, my goodness. And uh, we've got an interview with 
the Robbie Gutierrez of NAIA Ball Podcast. I'm wearing my NAIA Ball Podcast shirt. Can I get some merch? Go. I don't know if they're selling the shirt anymore, but I oh, I copped a shirt when they sold it over the summer. It was epic. So, Robbie, if you're listening, I'm wearing your shirt, and thank you uh, for everything shirts. you do for the game. And I'll thank you on air as well for what you do for the game. Grows it. 25,000 followers on Twitter. That's a lot of followers. That's growing the game right there. That is growing the game. More than Cooperstown. <laughs> He's growing the game more than Cooperstown ever will. And, of course, we've got Harsh. Hot Takes and Saint of the Week later hot in the show. Takes. Hot Takes! My favorite. It's presented by Hot Mike Sports. Hot Takes presented by Hot Mike Sports. You already know what it is. That's me, in case any of you guys don't know. No, it's not him. I okay, refuse to right. acknowledge that. It's Hot Mike Sports. Has he ever been in the same room as me? Who? Hot, hot Mike, Mike Sports? Sports? No, I have not seen you two in the same room. Exactly. Probably because... I would fire Hot Mike Sports. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Our number two, welcome into the show. USF last night, a sweep of the links of Lincoln College. Impressive. Impressive. Well, <laughs> okay. Lincoln, let's be real. Don't say Not it. the best program. Fair enough. Not the best program, either the men's or the women's. The, although, although the, men, the men avenged a loss from earlier in the year. With a win last night. So that was big. Gets them back to 500 in the conference. Scrappy game. It was a very interesting scrappy game. Uh, Russell Tillery led the team with 14 points. And that's as high as it got in terms of scoring. So total team effort. Yeah. Carter Fahey with 10 points off the bench. I want to talk about Fahey for a second. That man, whoo, he has been hooping mm. the past, what, week and a half? Mm. He has been out of his mind good off of the bench. And he's, he's not our starting big. That's Lewis Holy, and I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. But what Carter Fahey does, he is a stretch big. And, you know, he, he's a bigger dude, but, boy, he can handle the basketball. He gets up and down the floor with the best of them. He, he's been in positions where he's run, like, point. Like, for, like, you know, not, like, the offense in the will, lineup. There, there will be times where the offense goes where through Where he's Fahey. bringing up the ball. Exactly. And, and he's, fast he's breaks, distributing. He is a fantastic distributor on the fast break. Jokic? Yeah, he is an NAIA. He plays Jokic. like it, right? He, he he has he has similar traits. Traits, yeah. yes, that's what I was looking for. He has similar traits, and what he does for this Saints team off of the bench, which this Saints team off the bench, lots of stretch bigs. I mean, lots of players, lots of players. Yeah, like forty-seven people coming off the bench. All right, <laughs> lots of stretch bigs. We're talking about Rihanna Maxwell Topia. He. Handles the ball, can shoot it, and he's like six four plus. Yeah, Andrew McGlasson, six four plus, shoots the three ball and can handle it. Carter Fahey, middleman, Jokic, can shoot it and can handle the basketball. Lots of stretch bigs coming off the bench. Gives Coach Marks like so much freedom. Yeah, he really can do whatever he wants with whatever lineup he wants. And not to mention, there's another stretch big on the bench that he hasn't used a lot this year. He used him for a little bit when Rihanna was out. But he used, he used, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry, Ben Kreitz. He used Ben Kreitz. He's he, he's a freshman big, uh, and he shoots the three ball just fine. He's played 19 minutes this in year. In fact, he's in the intro. Kreitz is in the coach coach's intro. I didn't even realize that. Is that that one game where he came off the bench and scored an immediate five? Yeah. Yeah. What a bucket. Yeah. What a bucket. It's on my floor. <laughs> 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 ben Creech, everybody. <laughs> Give him more playing time, Coach Marks. Yeah. Just kidding. I didn't say that in, in case you're mad. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> there he is. 
I didn't play it first. I got mad. I was getting scared that you were mad at me. No, I wasn't mad at you. Why would I be mad at you? I'm never mad at you. <laughs> what the dog doing? All right. Where does Let's that talk, even come from? I don't know. Let's talk about the uh, the woman. Yeah. Talk about the woman. My Last specialty. Night, your specialty. This is where you shine. Andriana Costa back in the lineup, which is nice to see. Double-double against Governor State. Uh, back at it again last night. She played in the back-to-back, which I'm kind of shocked about. Me too, honestly. I, I thought for sure she was going to rest against Lincoln, especially after you guys put up triple digits on him earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure this would be a rest game for you yeah, guys. Yeah, you and me both, buddy. But Andriana did not rest. She played. She had a decent game, which she put up 10, yeah, like 10 played, and 7. She okay. She had 10 and 7 and led by Jordan Pyle with 22 points. She has scored 53 points in like 28 hours. That's wild. Yeah. She's pretty good at basketball. Yeah. Pretty good. The Australian fa- friend of the show. Friend yeah. of the show, Jordan she's been Pyle. On the show. Friend of the show, Jordan Pyle. Yeah. Uh, she's been hooping. Let's talk about that game, though. I've, yeah, I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, it's like, it's scary to me. Obviously, I love that team. And I think that they're super great. Uh, Where's the butt? But <laughs> it's a little bit scary that you play two bad teams in a row mm-hmm. and you win. You're like, it was a closer game, much closer game than it should have been. Like with free throws at the end, whatever, I think it was like an 11-point game. Or yeah. No, it turned out to be seven. But you beat Governor State by seven. You beat uh, Lincoln by seven. If it was earlier on in the season, we would have beat Lincoln by 50 again, and we would have beat Governor State by 50. And it's like kind of concerning because you look at the reason why. Jordan played fine. Some of our starters struggled. I think Kaylin shot one for 15, Kaylin size Cheney. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and she won't do that. And uh, Adriana didn't have her best night, but our depth is lacking. Well, you guys are running the what seven-player rotation right now. We don't have a choice anymore. Yeah, you don't have a choice. You have Shaggy and McDaniel's done for the year. Yeah. You have. Yes, I think so. Yeah, she she should be. You have a player. Uh, I'm sorry, who tore her ACL before the season even started? Josie Graffio. Yeah, Josie has been out all year. Great player. Great dude, she can hoop. She can she can hoop. And she's out. She hasn't played a minute all year. Right. Is that it for the injuries or there's more? Oh, Georgia oh, George Bolton, Bolton <laughs> right now. Uh a non-contact knee injury which we don't have word on yet, which you know, I, anytime you see a non-contact in, non-contact injury, you just, you know, you hope for the best. Yeah. And I've seen her walking around on campus. But I don't know if she should come back and play on that thing, she, especially as a freshman. She wants to so bad. I get it. She came all the way from Australia. I don't want to play, too, but it's not the smartest thing in the it, world. It might be time to rest for now, yes. Georgia, JB. Same, same, same thing we told uh, Andriana. Yeah, like, but she hey, doesn't care. So. Yeah, no, it's her last year. Throw it all on the floor. And, and last night, I don't know if you watched, Kaylin, like, I don't know what's up with her toe, but <laughs> she was in so much pain. Wow. She came back into the game, but... I like it's it's really nerve wracking to have a good like at the top of the CCAC, uh, IUSB is a deep team. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Trinities, deep teams, and now you have us with like mm, like a healthy player, like a single healthy player. Like it's <laughs> just it's it's gonna be difficult to win games that are dog fights that come down to whose bench out scores who. Uh huh. I can't say that I'm necessarily super confident that our bench will be that team. Yeah. You know, but we but anytime you have Adriana and Jordan Pyle healthy, 
you have a chance to win. Yeah, and Jordan Pyle is a threat to put up 30-plus any night. We saw it. She put up 30. Uh, I would like a shout-out right now. Uh, I know Dave's listening. Uh, Athletic Director Dave Lucetta, great work on the uh, article from Wednesday night. They said the Saints, yeah. Thanks, Dave. He said the Saints piled it on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he spelled it P-Y-L-E the way you spell Jordan's name. So I would just like to say shout-out Dave. And that's exactly what can happen any night. The Saints can pile it on, mm-hmm. both with Jordan and without. Regardless of who you have in that lineup, that team is built to defend. And they, mm-hmm. they it's been very rare that we've allowed, I think, over 65 this year. Unless we're going up against a top tier like Marion. We're not going to—I mean, we're going to defend. If we're not going to score, we're going to defend. Yeah. Do, do you think fatigue becomes an issue? Because the way you guys play, the way the women's team plays, they get up and down the floor every possession. There is there is not really a lot of setting up the offense. The offense is set up when you're out and running. You know, it's the, tr- the three in transition and getting to the hoop. So does fatigue become an issue when you're only playing seven, eight girls? Yeah, I think it does. I think it's, it's been an issue all year, but we had 10 people. And now we have seven people. And it's like, you know, Coach McGinty, great coach. He has to make some adjustments, and I'm sure he already has, where it's uh, what are we doing in practice uh, to prepare us for the games? What are we doing during the game? When can we catch a breather? Uh, mm-hmm. Timeout usage, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I trust Coach McGinty with that, obviously. <laughs> what are you going to do, take over? Come on, then. You know, he, he's, looking at, he's looking at me. I know he is. I know he is. I know he wants me to make the call. I wonder if, if I called timeout, if he'd fire Bruh. me on the spot or if he'd wait until after the game to fire me. Bruh. It'd be after the game. Yeah, it would. No, it would be at that moment. Needs me to do the shot charts. What are you talking about? That's what I think about that. It's honestly fair. It's Yeah, stop it. Soon Stop enough, it. Stop it. we're going to have not enough depth, and I'm going to have to step in as Bethany instead of Ben. <laughs> Six foot four point guard off the bench. <laughs> Sit in the corner, hit some threes, check out. <laughs> yeah. It's the first good thing you've said all day. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. WCSF, Julia. <laughs> You're making me laugh, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It'll all work out for that team. It will. And you know what? Come tournament time, it's wild. They'll be ready. Tournaments are wild. So you never know what you're going to get. I could say you got Jordan Pyle. Yeah, Jordan Pyle. You got Andreana Acosta. Anything can happen. Anything. Anything can happen. Respect Juliet. Respect USF. Give us more votes in the poll. Or don't. You know what? Don't. We like the underdog. We like I, the underdog mentality. They like the underdog. Hey, I, I like, like it. it. Yeah, I want people to look past us in the tournament. And when we beat Marion for the national championship, that's right. I said, that's right. I just said it. When we're in Kansas City. And we win the national championship, and I'm there screaming my head off, hugging Ben, because... Yeah! Because yeah. <laughs> after what I just said, I'll probably be with you in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. You'll probably be with me on the call of the game, honestly. That'd be <laughs> for the fun, radio. <laughs> we all tune in? Yeah, hey, tune in this Saturday, by the way, men's and women's basketball against Trinity International right here, WCSF, Juliet. Uh, yours truly on the call? Yours Alex. truly on the call. Not me. I got to be there. Yeah, no, not Ben, but I will be there, and it'll be awesome. That's USF Hoops Talk because, well, roll Bernie's. That's why. Exactly. It's always roll Bernie's. It's always roll Bernie's.
basketball game. They won a basketball game. We did it. Wow. We did it. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. We did it. Yay. We did it, y'all. We did it. The Bulls won last night. They beat who? The Cavs? Yeah, I don't know. Some some team we had no we we have to beat and we did. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chicago. <laughs> thank you, Chicago. Uh, also last night in the NBA, just a kind of a weird night. The Cavs beat the Bucks, actually. Yeah, that was sad. The Cavs me? beat the Bucks. Bulls beat the Raptors. Grizzlies over the Spurs. Suns over the Jazz. Heat over the Knicks. Nuggets beat the Nets, which makes me happy inside. Mm-hmm. Mavs over the Trailblazers because everyone beats the Trailblazers. Hornets over the Pacers as well. Clippers beat the Magic, which is something the Bulls could not do while we're bad. Uh, ben has got some thoughts on the NBA, the Bulls, and the NBA in general. And uh, Ben, I've had my rant on the Hall of Fame, so I'm going to let you go to work right here. Go, go. Sounds good. Okay, go ben, Suns. Go. go, Ben, go. Suns win. Devin Booker has 21 in the first quarter. That's his career high for the first quarter. Uh, overrated, but still, what a great shooting guard. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, let's see what else we got. The Bucks was a close one that kind of looked a lot less close than it actually was. But mm-hmm. the Cavs look so good. Evan Mobley, Rookie of the Year. That man is one of the most valuable, like, not like, like, in terms of how good he is at basketball. Like, obviously, he's a great basketball player. But, like, the change that has happened with that culture and that team has become of this young talent with Evan Mobley. Uh, and they're beating teams like the Bucks and the Nets and the Bulls on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, I saw a headline today on ESPN. And it said, uh, uh, the Bulls are in trouble with injuries. Are they going to fall out of the play-in? The 9-10 seed. We're the, they just, they're the two seed. People love to see the Bulls fail. I don't know what it is. Was it ESPN? It was ESPN. Why does ESPN hate the Bulls? At first, it was cool that the Bulls were winning. Like, yeah. the same thing with the Knicks last year. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, we're tired. Of does it. ESPN <laughs> not realize that if the Bulls are winning... That's a lot more money they can make. This is the it's biggest. Big this is one of the biggest basketball markets there is. Even when we sucked, we sold out the United Center. Come on, yes, do better. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like, do better, ESPN. I don't even think basketball-wise, logically, they could have Demar and Zach get injured at this point, and they won't fall out of the play. Like it's no, they're playoff. Lock. We would be the eighth seed, but we're we locked. would get in. In fact, last night, Nikola Vucevic, thank you for showing up to the United Center. It's about time. I Look, Vuce, you and I have had some disagreements. I'm now speaking directly to Nikola Vucevic. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he is on WCSF.Streamon.FM. I'm sure he is. Vuce, thank you. The world thanks you. Mm. We all thank you. Everyone but ESPN. Everyone but ESPN thanks you. Mm. ESPN wants to see you fail. Cooperstown thanks you. Mm. Yes. The BBWAA thanks you. Mm. But you won't get in the Hall of Fame, but yeah. For real, though, Vucevic, what he did was huge. It was huge. Huge. I mean, to step up on a night where, honestly, Levine and DeRozan didn't exactly have their best nights. Mm-hmm. So Vucevic, going back to all-star Vuce form is what I like to see. And it's a very positive sign moving forward. Also, lately, Ayo Dosumu. Yeah. Rookie of the year. No! I, who, who's your rookie of the year right now? Mobley? Mobley. Yeah. No. Ayo Dosumu. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I will have him, this man. debate. I know you do. I know you love him. But, but, I love 
I love him more. I love Iodosumu yeah. way more. I'm sure way you do, buddy. more. Illinois kid, man. Yeah, he's just a kid from Chicago. He is just a kid from Chicago. Uh, let's see. What else do we got for the NBA? Well, uh, the Lakers, right around 500. LeBron James claims to be on one of the best. I just saw this interview. He claimed to be on one of the best offensive tirades of his career. I don't think you can disagree with him. I not not with that point. But if it was really that good, don't you think the Lakers would be better than a 500 team in the Western mm-hmm. Conference? Yes, <laughs> but he's averaging uh, with assists and points. He's averaging around 56 points per game. Like with you know how much he dishes it out to. He's averaging a 32 and seven. So. About 56 points per game. Like, how much can you really do? Like, even when James Harden was on the Rockets and he went on that 40-point stretch over a month, Mm -hmm. it's hard to win games when the rest of your team is kind of buns. Yeah, last night, it was either last night or two nights ago, there's that clip of LeBron explaining to, oh, shoot, who was it? It was one of the practice squad guys they've pulled up. Uh, Austin Reeves. Yeah, Austin Reeves. And he he was explaining to Reeves, like, what was happening, and Reeves just goes, I don't know. He's like, huh? It's an NBA player, man. Yeah, that, this guy is in the National Basketball Association. One of the 400 best he's, players in the world. He's getting coached by LeBron James on the floor, and he goes, I don't know. I don't know. Le- LeBron, this is one of the few times I'll say this, mad respect for staying in L.A. <laughs> like, he very easily could have folded by now. I would have folded. I, I know you would have. You have no faith. And how about just how bad has Russell Westbrook been for them? It, it, he has been nearly unwatchable. He's had like one good game in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, Russell Westbrook has been one of the reasons the Lakers are as bad as they are. They will, When the Lakers inevitably miss the playoffs or just barely make the play-in, when one of those two things happens, it will be because Russell Westbrook went selfish ball yep. and you know says, I'm going to take the last shot. Or not necessarily the last shot, but I'm going to take this big shot here down by two with 45 seconds left. I'm going to put up this three that I have no business shooting. He's like the seventh player on that roster that should be doing that. Like, he's seventh in line. He got benched. He got sat down and benched by Vogel. Uh-huh. And Frank said, I'm going to play who I think is going to win the game. That's harsh, bud. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's what I would have said. What? Uh, what? I think this team is still a title contender. A title contender. Anthony Data Davis. <laughs> He's back. Data he had a Davis. good game against Brooklyn. Stop it. Whenever you put LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the court together, if they're healthy, obviously. But when will that happen? When will the two of them be on the court at the same time together? I don't know if they can make it to the playoffs, but we're going to see a stretch, and ESPN's going to be all over it, where the Lakers win like 10 in a row. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Lakers... I'm sure they'll get hot at some point. Yeah. And then ESPN's I don't know. Overreact and yeah, they the will overreact and everyone on NBA Live and Mina Kimes will talk about how you know this this Lakers team, you know, was just, this was bound to happen. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Well, I think Stephen A. Smith's a believer that the Lakers suck. Yeah. And that's one of the few things I will thank Stephen A. Smith for. It's blasphemous. It, blasphemous. I'm surprised that's not on the soundboard. We I gotta get on that. Yeah, you gotta get on that. Okay. But that's your job. Yeah, that. Bruh. Yeah, that's on me. That's on me. WCSF Julia, eighty-eight point seven FM. Ben. Ben. Yo. Ben.
Yo, ben? what's up? Guess, 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 guess what's next. Guess what's in our um, next segment, please. Robbie Gutierrez. Yes, Robbie Gutierrez of the NAIA Ball Podcast will be joining us on the phone. Obviously, he'll join us on the couch hotline. He'll take a seat on the couch with us. And we'll talk some NAIA baseball. The season's already started. Isn't that wild to think about? NAIA baseball is happening right now, mostly on the West Coast and in Florida. Yeah, not not your Fighting Saints, ladies and gentlemen. The Fighting Saints get going uh, Valentine's Day weekend. They head down to Tennessee. You would know. I would know. And you know what? The the CCAC, kind of a toss-up right now, at least in my opinion. It's the Saints. uh, Robbie's going to have something different, and honestly, (laughs) I don't blame him. I'm, I'm feeling a similar way. Are you not on the Saints? I yes, but Olivet Nazarene is good. They are good, and I don't mean to take away from Robbie by any means. But this is your defending conference champion, Olivet Nazarene Tigers. Anyway, that's we'll talk to Robbie. We'll talk to Robbie. He'll he'll get it all straightened out. You're listening to WCSF Juliet, eighty-eight point seven FM. Odds are. If you know that song, you know who our next guest is. He does not need an introduction. I'm going to give him one anyways. Formerly of ESPN 106.3 in Miami. Went to Northwood, Texas. Former college coach in the NAIA. He is an MLB draft advisor and host of the NAIA Ball Podcast. It is Robbie Gutierrez joining us on the couch. Robbie, welcome to the show, my friend. Alex, man, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to do this with you and, and super excited to be here and, and just really, really thankful that uh, we get to spend some time talking about NAI baseball. Yeah, you know, the season started on the West Coast and down in Florida a week ago. That's kind of wild to think about. And you guys released your season preview, I believe, yesterday. Had a good listen to it. R- great episode, as always. And, you know, we'll start in the national picture. Georgia Gwinnett, number one in the nation, nation national champions a year ago. Will they repeat this year coming off that 51-10 and 10 year with uh, Jer- Jeremy Schiedinger at the helm? Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing is, is you know, they are the defending national champions. Uh, Jeremy Schiedinger, lead, you know, leading them there in Lewiston. You know, they had to, for the first time really, as far as I can remember, left their home complex, which is probably the nicest ballpark in, in all of the country for NAI and maybe even in small college and, and nice, a lot nicer than some D1. They had to go to California, and they win in California. They go to Lewiston, and they dominate in Lewiston. So offensively, they're going to be really good. While they lost some key pieces, they return 19 guys, Jake DeFreeze, Livingston Morris, Austin Bates. Those are the guys that you're going to kind of want to keep an eye on. High offensive team. Starting pitching will be mainly new, so that'll be the question. But when you're the defending national champion, when you've got a facility like that, I think uh, Jeremy Schiedinger is going to have you know a, a little bit of an easy time being able to bring in dudes and find some arms that are going to be able to replace and, and take them on a trek, you know, and an opportunity to go back to lose to Idaho once again and defend that national title. And one of those teams, I think, can challenge Georgia Gwinnett in terms of getting to Lewiston, not in their conference. Well, Georgia Gwinnett, obviously not in a conference, but one team that can challenge them nationally, number three ranked Southeastern. Uh, the Fire, at least in my opinion, the favorite in the Sun, and I think you're going to feel the same way. They, they are just... They are the team to beat in the Sun. They might be the team to beat in the South. So, you know, for, for Southeastern University, led by Adrian Dinkle, this is the thing with them. 
is Drew Gillespie is coming back. That was a big arm in a run to Lewiston that they did not have last season. Mm-hmm. This is a team that if they can stay healthy, if the pitching can, can be there for them, offensively they will find a way. You know, offensively they will find a way. Sam Faith has been in our, our preseason all-NAI ball team. He's also been an all-NAI ball player for the last couple of seasons. He's really good. Missouri State transfer from long ago. He's now integrated into that, uh, you know, southeastern lineup there. A really good team. They're going to put up flashy offensive numbers. It's just, will that pitching be able to hold up for them down the road if they can? They're going to be a dangerous team. I might even go as far. We haven't done this yet on the show. So ooh, ooh. I might even go as far to say that they would be my pick currently on paper for a national title. It'll be interesting. That's, that's big. That's a big call to make, and I like it, though. And Southeastern's going to get a good look. Well, I should say the CCAC is going to get a good look at Southeastern. Roosevelt, St. Xavier, St. Ambrose, and USF all going to go down and play the fire in Lakeland at some point this year. I think Roosevelt has like a four-game set with them. So a lot of the local teams are going down there to play Southeastern because obviously if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And Adrian Dinkle's squad is, is, is the best. They are the best. Yeah, no, absolutely, they are. I mean, there, there's a lot of te- – the Sun Conference, in my opinion, and, and I'm a little bit biased because I coached in that conference at Kaiser, but it, it is some really good baseball. And you get these teams, you know, from up north. I mean, down there in, in South Florida, everybody's up north. But, uh, you know, you get these teams to come down, and it's really good competition. It's going to be some great games. And, and it's great to see the teams, not just from the CCAC, but from the WAC, from the Crossroads League, from, you know, all over the country be able to – you know, get games in. I know the weather up there is a, is a little bit different than uh, say what's going on right now in Ave Maria, Florida, where they've played five games already. Yeah, well, Ave Maria. You know what? Really quickly hit on them. They had a shoot. The name's escaping me currently. Three homer game in like the second game of the year. You talk about starting hot. Like I don't know. Ave Maria was one of those schools that I don't think a lot of people talk about when it comes to the national picture, and that's fair. I don't think they're a national contender by any means. But they started the year out hot and definitely turned some heads when there wasn't a lot of baseball to watch. Yeah, Ethan Bergkamp, uh, who's actually our NAI ball podcast player, uh, hitter of the week, is the guy that actually went out there in game number one of the season, hit three home runs. He's currently got five home runs on the year. And uh, he had the first seven RBIs for Ave Maria. You know, So he definitely turned some heads in, in game number one. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens as they go into – this weekend, four and one. Uh, that's that's a young team with a with a new coach, so it's going to be interesting to watch. But you know, they play in a conference that that you know there's no shortage of talent, so uh, you have to prepare yourself in the sun. Yeah, those are Luis Vargas numbers right there to start the year. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that, that's really good start. And uh, so staying south, but moving a little north, Freed Hardeman. They were a team last year, spent most of the season in the top 25, kind of fell off at the end of the year. USF makes a couple of trips down there to Tennessee. They play Freed Hardeman four times over two weeks. Uh, Hardeman, they are usually a top program, not in the top 25 to start the year. What are your expectations? So for, for FHU down there in Henderson, it, it's really something where uh, health was a big factor last year. They did not have the arm health that they normally had, they did, you know, had a lot of injuries to contend with. And that's part of the challenge when you, you know, go into the year is, is there are, you know, in this game that's based on individual results. The moment that you get some of those injuries, they can start to hurt you and, and derail you if you don't have the depth. Uh, it's a very experienced team. 
there's there's some newcomers coming in this year, but this is a team that just a few years ago was removed from playing for a national championship, making back-to-back trips to Lewiston, really putting not just setting up on the national scene for themselves, breaking down the door and saying we're here. Uh, obviously, 2020 got in the way of that. 2021, I don't think, went the way that uh, Jonathan Eskip would have wanted. They're going to be missing some pieces this year. Not having Josh Sears is going to be a, a big blow to their lineup. But I think with the success that they've had, they're going to be able to get some of that uh, pitching healthy that's been there, that's young, that's experienced. And then on top of that, you know, if they can continue to produce, you know, some of the bats that they've produced, you know, not necessarily huge bangers like Josh Sears was in that lineup for the last three years, but guys that are going to be able to get on base, get guys over, bring them in, and that pitching just goes out and does what they've done in the past. When they were freshmen and sophomores, it's going to be extremely nasty, and it's going to be something to watch. So for USF to start the season there, that's going to be an interesting one because when you do play uh, free Hardeman, that, that pitching has been the big thing for them. That's been the most notable thing, you know, from my perspective about USF over the last couple of years is, is their pitching. I'm a big fan of it. And I think if they stay healthy, they're going to be a dangerous team this year that's going to, you know, find their way in March because our, our next top 25 doesn't come out in March. Mm-hmm. If they can stay healthy, that you know, they'll find their way into that top 25 there. And Freed Hardeman, 16-5 and five in the Mid-South. Are they one of your top three in, in the Mid-South? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, undoubtedly they, they would be one of the top three in, in the Mid-South. Uh, that conference is getting better and better and better. It used to be, you know, in my mind, just kind of an undoubtedly top five conference in the nation. Uh, I think that it's become a little top-heavy recently, but the addition of Freed Hardeman into that conference helps. Uh, I think that you um, see. The University of Cumberland is, is the number one team in that conference, once again, in the Mid-South. A very good conference, a very good ball club. That's a team looking to find its way to Lewiston. Adding a team that's been there uh, in Freed Hardeman is really, really good experience for that conference. And then for Cumberland, uh, which is, of course, totally different school for Cumberland, uh, <laughs> having a new coach, one of the greatest coaches in our sports history, Woody Hunt, retires. They hire his son. They're going to go in there and do some really interesting things. So I'm really excited to see what that program is going to look like. I'm going to give it a year or two before they start to really burst back on to the national scene because that's a program that come to land with three national titles. And moving from the Mid-South to the CCAC, Olivet Nazarene was your pick on the show yesterday on the NAIA Ball podcast Excuse me, to win the conference. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Uh, they received votes in the first poll of the season. They were one win short of 40 last year. They were 26-6 and six in the CCAC and won the title. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with a couple of the pieces that they bring back, um, especially in, in any time you get to bring back your conference pitcher of the year, I think that's a, that's a huge uh, step in the right direction in what you want for the preseason and, and really – you know, you hope that guy can just come out and, and not necessarily, I mean, if you can get the same results from him this year, you're going to be thrilled with it. But if you can just get consistency, and that's the key for all pitching, is, is just some sort of consistency out of guys to go out there and get the job done. Like uh, all that Nazarene has gotten out of Ethan Underwood, you're going to have success. The other guy, Aaron Gustafson, really, really good last year as well. So I think ONU is going to be a team that's going to be um, at the top, you know, in that top three, like we said in the show. 
portion of the CCAC. I think the other team would probably be, uh, you know, St. Ambrose is, is who I would throw up there because that's another team that in the past has really had a lot of success in that, you know, conference and in the general area. And I think St. Ambrose, who, by the way, I'm, I don't know if you've been there yet or not, plays that probably one of the nicer ballparks. Yeah, modern, modern woman uh, park right on the Mississippi River there. It's a fantastic place to watch a ball game and to play a ball game as well. Yeah, I mean, that place is just beautiful. I, I love that, that they get that opportunity to play there. But uh, Cooper Huckabone, who was the first team uh, player in the CCAC, he's going to play first base for them. He was a gold glover. Brendan Butler coming back. He hit three sixteen last year. I think that um, a lot of the time there's no shortage of hitting in the CCAC. I yeah. think that there's going to be able to teams that are going to get guys on base. Um, same thing goes for, for St. Xavier. This is a St. Xavier team that, that we think is going to be good. Uh, that we think is going to have a, a really good season. Maybe even, uh, I think they believe that they're in the top 20, top 25 caliber type of team. Yeah, you, I'd like to see what their opening looks like. Yeah, you said that on the show yesterday, and I was like, really? You know, they, they were the, the yeah. sixth seed last year in the CCAC tournament, made a run all the way to the championship game, but the sixth seed in the tournament last year, to go from that, <clears throat> excuse me, to a top 25 team in one off season. That seemed like a jump to me, but you said Sanex is pretty, pretty set in stone in how they feel about that. It, it's crazy what an off season can do for you. You know, um, um, my own example was being in college, my freshman year, we didn't even qualify for the conference tournament. Uh, we opened the year as a, as a top 25 team. We were not that, uh, we had some, some issues and, and problems that did not allow us to, to find our way even into the conference tournament. The next season, we were, you know, dogpiling in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, going to Lewiston. So it, it's crazy what an offseason can do for you. And obviously, that 60 run able to set up a lot of confidence in themselves, in their staff, in their coaching staff. And, you know, Evan Orzich hit 350 last year with 25 extra, extra base hits. This is a team that returns a lot of guys that made that set up for them to make that run. I think that if they can, you know, build off that confidence, if they can go out there and be, again, talking about being consistent, be consistent in their results, it's going to be something that, that they could find themselves in the top 25. You know, you never know with mm-hmm. how the coach's poll is going to vote, but it's one of those things that I think that they'll find themselves for sure in the top three in the CCA team. That's Robbie Gutierrez of the NAI Ball Podcast on WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. Robbie, big question before we get you out of here. Who's dogpiling in Lewiston at the end of all of this? Man, um, there's a lot of different ways I want to go with this. Uh, <laughs> I think Southeastern on, on paper looks really good. If they'll be able to stay healthy, it'll be fantastic. Um, I think Tennessee Wesleyan returns the number one pitching staff in the country, but they have to replace nine bats. The two bats they bring back, though, combined for 40 home runs and 130 RBIs. That's kind of good. Uh, I think just a little bit. Just a, a little of, bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's outlier teams uh, like Vanguard, who brings back seven starters. They're the best team on the West Coast. And then IUS, who's number seven in the nation, that basically returns everyone. Mm-hmm. Every single player. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan returns six and nine starters. Denver Blinn, I think, is legit. He was up for all NAI ball. You know, he's just stuck in a position with Kaiser's Tim Bouchard. Uh, who's, who's legit. Oklahoma Wesleyan returns the National Player of the Year and Cody Muncie. LSUS is, I think, my big dark horse. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 going to be a physical athletic team. So it's, it's going to be a really interesting season. And, uh, you know, I mean, USF making 
making a lot of uh, returners. Mm-hmm. On, on the pitching staff, you know? <laughs> yeah, hey, the pitching, the pitching staff is extremely, extremely veteran, and I, I think that presence will yeah. be felt, and that's, if if the Fighting Saints make any noise, it will be because of this pitching staff. Yeah, the, the pitching staff is experienced, maybe a senor, Colin Kelly, uh, but then I think, you know, John McGuire on the infield, as well as uh, Noah Caro, yep. and then Luke Ketchum in the outfield, I, I think they're going to be able to help but obviously having to replace six bats is going to be tough. Um, but I think last year, though, you know, that, that team was able to hit. wasn't any shortage of hitting. It was a 304 average. It's fixing, you know, the pitching staff a little bit and getting more consistent results that are going to be able to find y'all's way into that, that battle in the CCAC and maybe mm-hmm. even a spot uh, playing playing somewhere in the postseason. Hey, you know what? If the Fighting Saints make their way into the opening round, I think, uh, I think everyone in Joliet will be pretty happy, especially since especially since the Fighting Saints get home field advantage for the CCAC tournament played right here at Joliet Memorial Stadium. Robbie, we've got to let you go. Thank you so much for doing this. How can the people find you on social media and if they want to listen to the podcast? Absolutely. Our podcast is available everywhere where podcasts are found, especially on Apple and uh, Spotify. All you have to do is search NAI Ball. That's N-A-I-A Ball. You can follow us on social media, both Instagram and Twitter, our two biggest platforms, at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram. And then myself, it's at Rob G1063 on Twitter for anything baseball related or in the offseason, just my, you know, just probably some, a lot about Texas football. <laughs> a lot about Texas football, a lot about Houston Astros baseball as well on the Twitter Absolutely. feed. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Robbie, so much for doing this. Uh, we're going to take a ba- break. We'll be right back. Robbie, thank you so much for doing this. I hope we talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back on WCSF Juliet, 88.7 FM. Presented by Hot Mike Sports on WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. Couch Coaches, I'm Alex, that's Ben. Yo. Couch Coaches, Hot Takes, Hot Mike Sports, NAIA Ball, Robbie Gutierrez. If you wow. missed, yeah. If you just missed the interview with Robbie Gutierrez of the NAIA Ball podcast, don't you worry. It will be uploaded in full after this is all done on YouTube and eventually on a podcast host once we... Uh, once we figure that out, me and Ben, we got to get on the same brave length about the podcast host. Just Alex. Just Alex. All right. You know what? We'll... <laughs> I'll give you the credit card information right after we're <laughs> off the air. I will throw you my credit card. Whatever. Don't give me that garbage. All right. Hot takes. Ben? Ben. Yo. Ben? Yo. Ben. Yo. I have a hot take. Okay. Hit me, buddy. As I do every week. Hit me, buddy. Hot take. I'm going to play off of the interview we just had. Robbie Gutierrez. Legend. Legend. The Fighting Saints, led by Noel Carraro at shortstop, Johnny Peterson at second base, Johnny McGuire at first base, Luke Ketchum in the outfield, 
Jake Lasota behind the plate. Alex Malkars on, on the bench. bench. Yes. The Fighting Saints may not win the regular season title, but they will get hot. And when they do get hot, they will be so hot that they will win the CCAC tournament. We should have done hot takes with Robbie Gutierrez because I would have loved to see what oh, he would man. have to say about that. Yeah. Fighting Saints are winning. The CCAC tournament. Said, I'm calling it. The Saints <laughs> <laughs> You can't see me out there in Radio Land, but I'm pumping my fist he like side to his side. arms and goes, yeah. Fighting, Fighting Saints, Saints are, are winning. winning. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but yeah, whatever. All right, what do you got then? Go. Uh, we'll go NBA. Uh, James Harden gets traded. Not at the deadline, but in the offseason. They're going to be done with him. Well, he's going to test free agency. His contract's up. He's going to re-sign for the Supermax, and he's going to go get traded like Kevin Durant did with uh, where he went to Brooklyn, where it's just Andrew Wiggins, first-round pick kind of thing. James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets have kind of severed their relationship. And hot take. Hot take. Presented by Hotmax Sports. Hot take. Hotmax Sports. Not couch advice. Not gambling advice. Not, no, no advice. Zero advice ever. Hot take. And I, I, I don't know anything, you know. I'm I'm not very knowledgeable, <clears throat> but there will be so many rumors. What else is new? Why are you bullying me? There will be a Ben Simmons deal that falls through at the trade deadline on the last wow. day. Wow! So you don't think it'll happen? You think there'll be one in place, but it won't go down. It won't go down. Wow! So Ben Simmons doesn't get dealt. doesn't get dealt. I don't know if that's a hot take. It, it's not a hot take, but then when you say it falls through, that's a hot take. Yeah. How about this? Ben Simmons to the Lakers. Mm, no, don't have the assets. Mm. Ben Simmons to the Nets. Mm, I don't like that. I do not. Ben like Simmons that. two first round picks for James Arden. Do the Nets even have any picks? Like, I feel like they're poor when it comes to picks. They are poor, but they have three superstars. They yeah. can make it work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. Hot takes presented by Hotmax Sports. Don't eat your mic. That's weird. No, it's not that weird. That's Sorry, really weird. Anthony. Sorry about the mic. Yeah, don't do that. What the dog doing? Don't, don't eat the mic. Don't eat the mic. That's weird. Stop it. What the Stop dog it. doing? Stop it. Hot takes presented by Hot Mic Sports. Keep listening. <laughs> don't let us go. Like I said, men's baseball team, CCAC tournament champions. Coach Mahalik will lead us to the promised land. How about this, Ben? You're making a face at me? Two for one hot take day. Give it to me. Two Give it to me. for one. Oh for two. Do it. Also in the NAIA. Drum roll, please. The Fighting Saints women's basketball team with an eight-person rotation makes it all the way to the Elite Eight. Yeah! How about that? Drum How about bio. that? How about yeah. that? <laughs> Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Coach, Coach McIntyre. So you'll no. support that, but you won't support the baseball team winning the CCAC tournament? Yeah. You're the worst. Because I'm not the manager for I the baseball team. I despise you for that. You know, when you have a five-star manager, it's not that hard. Five-star okay? manager. What? Who's the manager for the ba- baseball team? We don't have one. Exactly, buddy. Exactly. We don't need one. We wash our own jerseys like men. Do you? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. Probably on the team. I don't know. <laughs> Get that work in and maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe I can be a five star manager one day. Ben Simmons deal falls through at the deadline. That's my hot take. All right. Now it's time for the very first edition Saint of the Week. Yeah. 
Saint of the Week. Indeed. I'm a little bit biased. Yeah. yeah. But I, I said at the top of the show, your Saint of the Week, very deserving because she has put on a clinic in the past 24 to 30 hours. Yeah. So, Ben, go ahead. Give the, I've already alluded to it. Give your Saint of the Week. She's been on the couch. Mm-hmm. Okay. She has Friend been on the, the show. Couch. Friend of the show. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jordan Pyle. I mean, come on. Wow. Wow. Who saw that coming, guys? Yeah, I know. Wow, right? tweet at me if you totally didn't see that coming. Next week, unless anything ridiculous happens, I'll have a different sport. But, I mean, Jordan Powell is just so good. She's so good at basketball. 50, what, 53 points yeah, 53 in two days? points in two days. Yeah, balling. And she racks up the rebounds and assists. Yeah. Is she LeBron? No, yeah. she's better. She's Jordan Pyle. Exactly. I was going to say, why would you disrespect Jordan like that? <laughs> it's brutal. Oh, man. Happy late National Australia Day. That was yesterday. Love you, Jordan. <laughs> Congrats to her, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay. How do you not know about National Australia Day, bud? Because do you not remember when I chanted USA with an Australian in the studio? I do. It's that a happened very off air. American man. I love my country. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go America. Go America. Go Chicago. All right. My saint of the week. Who is it? My saint of the week. Who is it? From the women's bowling team. It's a squad. Not the whole squad. I My initial thought was, let's go with the whole squad. Mm. But I think we need to give some women's bowling athletes some attention. My saint of the week. Serenity Quintero, graduate student, led the team mm. to a victory this weekend at the MSC Cincinnati Collegiate Classic. Obviously. Obviously. Serenity Quintero, you are my saint of the week. Congratulations, Serenity and Jordan. Very proud. Very proud. This is a proud moment as someone in the sports information office. MSC Cincinnati Collegiate Classic Champions for the women's bowling team, varsity and JV. Varsity all levels, by and JV. Dominant performance by the woman. 8,618 for the varsity JV, 7,851. That's a whole lot of numbers, buddy. That's a lot of numbers. Serenity Quintero is my... Saint of the week. They won by 286 pins. Uh, led by head coach Tony Talley. Good job, Tony. Great job. Uh, Megan Allensworth was just three spots behind Quintero, so she's a close runner-up for my Saint of the Week, but Serenity Quintero, my Saint of the Week. Ben, your thoughts? Uh, uh, pretty good. I don't know. I mean, it's bowling, you know. Uh, one time I rolled an 87 with my friends, and I won. And uh, I will never step down from time from my pedestal. Pause, pause. You won with an I 86. Did. I did. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Wad and Luke for rolling a 37, making me feel a lot better about myself. Uh, and you know, uh, my roommate Peter is a bowler. He and is, when I told is. him how excited I was that I rolled an 87, uh, he laughed in my face. He so. should. He should. He. You are deserving of that laugh in the face. Is it not like golf? What does that mean? Yeah, exactly, buddy. What does that mean? The lower the score, no. the closer to 87 you get, the better. And I hit it right on the pin. <laughs> this is, that's the dumbest game I've ever heard of. Well, okay, well, obviously you're not playing bowling, right? I, I don't, man, the women had 8,618 <laughs> pins. Man, speechless. They had 8,618 pins this weekend, and you're trying to tell me that eight, they should have had 87. Closer to it, yeah. I think they were a little off. Congratulations, women's team. Yeah, congratulations. JV and varsity. Your MSC Cincinnati Collegiate Classic champions. To read Obviously. up more on them and for all things Fighting Saints, head to www.gofightingsaints.com. Ben? Oh. 
pen. Is it time? It's it's almost time. Okay. And by almost, I mean it's time. No. Yeah, it's time. It's over. We did okay, it. Okay, well, where can they find you on Twitter, buddy? Uh, they can find me. Want to follow me on Twitter? Follow me at Alex Melkars. That's at A-L-E-X-M-I-E-L-C-A-R-Z. Yeah. Uh, ben at Hot Mike Sports. Yeah, you already know. Yeah, at Hot Mike Sports on the Twitterverse. I just run his account. I don't actually know the guy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. Ben is Hot Mike Sports. Big thanks today. Shoutouts and mentions. Big thanks to, of course, Robbie Gutierrez of the NAIA Ball Podcast. Robbie came on the show, did a great spot. If you missed it, don't you worry. You'll hear it in full when we post it later today on the interwebs, probably on YouTube, because Ben and I have not paid for a podcast host yet. Don't we worry, we will. will. We will. I'm going to throw my computer at him and my credit card information. Good. And the three wacky numbers on the back. Uh, what are they? Okay, nice moving time. on. <laughs> 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 Couch coaches. <laughs> Shout out Hot Mike Sports again for coming yeah. on the show. Ben, thanks for doing this as always. I'll see you next Thursday, buddy. I'll see you next Thursday. Same time, same place. Tower Hall, fourth floor. On the fourth floor. Catch you next week, of Tower Hall. Oh, man. Great show today, Ben. You yeah. did good. You Super did good. Bowl preview. Super Bowl. Pro Bowl preview? <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> Hopefully by then the MLB lockout is over. It won't and be. And they give us some entertainment. No, they won't. It's all good, though. We'll probably talk about the lockout next week. We'll talk NBA as oh, we yeah. always do. USF men's women's hoops will be on the show as always. Ben, oh, yeah. Ben, it's your turn to get a guest. So. Oh, okay. It's okay. your turn to get okay, a guest. Okay. I promised a blue check mark. I didn't pull through. I got something better. <laughs> I got something better than a blue check mark. I got Robbie Gutierrez. So electric. Uh, it was electric. I don't want to hear any smack talk. It ben, definitely was electric. Man is a great uh, advisor, interviewer. I, lo- I just loved it. You loved it? They, I loved it, but. Smart guy. All right. This has been Couch Coaches on 88.7 FM, WCSF Juliet. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Goodbye.